You're listening to life as we own it. I am Minister Jan coming to you as authentic as I can with the help from Yahweh. He who makes that which has been made. Here to speak on the lessons we've missed, we mistake, and the blessings we learn to embrace. Learning how to invest in ourselves is a little bit different than anything that we can ever do. And it's the most unused gift that we never really take any joy into. If you think too much of yourself, you're selfish. If you think too little of yourself, you're not taking care of you. You're allowing people to eat from your table, never learning how to sit down and eat with them. Let them feed you too. Somewhat of a potluck, I guess, um, when you really think about it, at least when I think about it. There will be many times in our lives we're not completely happy with our current situation. Or simply put, we are just not happy with the life that we have. We're not content with the box that we're holding. Uh, one of the biggest examples that came to me recently was our our life is literally like a little box. You know, we're holding this box and it's not our life, but it's just an example. We have this box and we have all these trinkets and I gather these things for my daughter. And this is what made me really think about it. And as I was moving, I'm looking at their little things. I'm looking at the pictures. I'm looking at the things that they've gave me when they were in kindergarten, when the school says send some money and they're going to buy a mom's day gift or Christmas gift and you just never know what you're, you're in store for at all. But they pick these things out. And so we have, the, I have this box and I have these little trinkets of these memories and these different things that these children have given me, these people in my life, my family, my my uncles, my, my mom, friends that love me, things that they've given me. And I can't help personally, but to be so joyful about it, to be blessed at the fact that somebody will want to give me this. But then there are others that instead of being excited about these things, they're only focusing on the condition of the box. The box itself is raggedy. The box itself has been beat up and has been torn. And instead of trying to look through the box to see what you can save and what you can remember, or the memories of the things that are in the box, um, you're focusing on the destruction of the box, so you never even look into it. I couldn't imagine just throwing away a box, not going through it, understanding that I might be throwing away something that did mean something. And it brings back a memory of maybe how I was, how I used to be, or a memory of I love this, a memory of love, a memory of hope, a memory of faith. So. Investing in yourself. We have anxiety that others have more or we have less. We're depressed that what we don't have or what we, it doesn't seem to be enough according to our personal journey. We don't think God has given us enough. We look at God as if he has forgotten to give us the correct portion or serving or cup that rightly belongs to us. We forget that Yahweh our Father in heaven knows what we need and gives according to His grace, 
and mercy on our lives individually and not according to our inner circle, not according to what people think we should have or what we think we should have according to what others have. We forget that just because he gave to all of those around us and that they are thriving, at least in our eyes, they're thriving. It doesn't mean we're not growing. We forget about our own personal growth. We forget about where we used to be and where we are today. We forget that growth is in the hands of the farmer who is the most high. Nothing happens in the soil he's not aware of. A donor is someone that gives. They donate. Um, is is defined as donations. Like with me, it would be like goodwill to a cause. Um, scholarships or gifts, even hand-me-downs from cousins, a thoughtful card that randomly um, is just given. It's personable, usually guided by love, or presents something which is given out of fear, reprisal, retaliation, or what was given to you. You can donate either way, out of love or just out of retaliation. What's my example for that? Okay, you got your love gift. I used to love getting gifts, hand-me-down from my cousin. My mom didn't really give us the things that I saw my cousins have, but I knew, I knew my cousin was going to grow out of something, and I knew I was going to get it. And it was always really cool because she was around my mother's younger sister, my youngest aunt, and it was so encouraging because I would get cool clothes through my cousin, which means that I had to wait till she grew out of it in order to get it. I love that. I loved it because when my cousin appreciate doing that and she would get new stuff and knew she was going to give it to me. And I, we, we enjoyed it. We, we, we looked forward to it almost because it made us both cool. She knew how much it meant to me and I knew how much it meant to her to give. Now, then you have people in the church who just gives. And I'm not talking about just the church. Um, I'm talking about the church inside of us. People who give um, religiously to things that they think they should do to um, situations, standards, due to this is going to make me look good. So let me give to them. Um, you're giving out of fear. Well, if I don't give this much, everybody's going to think I don't have it. But truth be told, you really don't have it. You're giving something that you don't have to look good for people who don't know you. Um, and and that that is how society can kind of see things a lot. Matthew um, 25 verses 14 through 18, it talks about, um, and I took this from the message Bible this time. It talks about is also like a man going off on an extended trip. He calls his servants together and delegate responsibilities, gives each servant a responsibility. It all looks the same, but they're all slightly different to one. He gives $5,000. In you know, King James Version to say talents, uh, to another two thousand, to a third one thousand, depending on their depending on their abilities, depending on their abilities. It didn't say it was dependent on 
oh, well, you know, what the neighbors thought, what this group over here thought, what your coworkers thought, it was according to your abilities. That means he gave it to them knowing, hey, this server right here is pretty good. He can take this much. A thousand is going to be enough for this one. This is one talent for this, this servant. Five for this servant over here. Because I know I've seen these three. And I, I think that I've never really thought about this very much on how this verse is really looked at. Because in my mind, why pick these three? Why pick these three and... You know, when you start changing the versions of it, yes, you can get lost, but sometimes you can get found. Um, in the middle of changing these, um, these different versions, my mind started telling me, okay, according to their responsibilities, according to what he knew that they could do, each one had a servant size. Each one had a size fit for them, but they didn't think about it this way. Let me tell you why. Then he left. If I he left right off, the first servant went to work and doubled the master's investment. The second did the same, but the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. He just dug a hole. How many of us do that? How many of us can say that the gifts that are given to us, we are properly using it, that we're using it to the best of our ability. I may not be a, the best singer, but I can't sing. I, you know, my gift isn't based upon how many people hear it. It's, it's whether or not I sing it. And maybe that is the lesson that most people miss. They think that, um, I know I've missed it before. I've even thought it, you know, maybe I'm not the best at doing this right here, but the gift is not based upon how good you are with it. It's what you would do with this, whether or not you would use it. Every preacher in the world is not a mega preacher. Every, every soldier in the military is not a super soldier, but everybody plays their part. Everybody has their gift. Everybody knows their talent, their talent, which was another thing with me. He said they they called their money talents, which was the money given to them or what they seize as their financial responsibility. Whereas we think talents in this spelled the exact same way. I looked up both of them. It's still the same, but we've changed it to different means. It's our gift, but it's still our gift. It's our gift that we give to others. It's our gift that we show others. Um, it doesn't say our best gift. It didn't say our great gift. It didn't even say our mega gifts. It said our gifts. And this man gave his servants gifts. He gave them gifts. He didn't tell them what to do with it. Nowhere in it does it say, this is what I'm giving you. This is what you should do. It just said it was given to one five thousand or five um yeah five thousand to another two and to the third one according to their abilities depending on their abilities when we hide our gifts or when we take our gifts and hide it because it's not as great or grand as someone else 
were taken away from that one person that was meant to hear it. I don't have to sing for thousands of people. My voice might only be for a four-year-old to hear, to encourage them to sing for a thousand people. My words may only be for four or five family members to encourage them to speak to the masses. It doesn't mean that my gift didn't make a difference. My blessing was in that lesson. It was whether or not you're going to take care of this gift. It doesn't matter how much I give you. I'm giving you this. Take care of it. And when I come back, I want to see what you've done with it. It's simple, but it's so much. It's so much for us to think about. The story of the trusted master puts on onto three individuals. It's a story of great responsibility, not knowing the reward. And we don't know our reward. We have no idea where our gifts or our talents are going to ever take us. We have no idea what God has in store for us. Outside of the fact that he tells us, go, do Create, work, invest, not just in yourself, but in others. Sometimes investing in ourselves is just understanding that God has given us the portion that we need. Let us take that portion and multiply it. Let's multiply it. What is the purpose of having a voice if you never use it? What's the purpose of having hands if you never use it? A um, long time ago, I heard this story, and um, the this woman wanted a glass of water, just wanting a glass of water, and I kept asking God, why didn't you just give me a glass of water? And God tells her, um, I paid your water bill. So that you can get water. I made sure your plumbing was working. So that the water can flow through it. I made sure that the knobs were controlled correctly and not broken. So that way when you walked up to it and turned it. It will flow out for you. I made sure that you had glasses, cups, paper cups. I made sure that you had your hands. Even your hands to put together. To lean over and drink the water that was provided for you. All you had to do was get off the couch and go to it. And sometimes that's all we need to do. We need to be able to get up and use what is already provided for us. Every tool we ever need, we already have. We don't know to use it because we are too busy and focused on what we don't want to do, I don't want to get up and go to the kitchen and get the water. I don't want to go to the edge of the, the lake and, or the spring and cuff my hands and get the water. But the water was provided. It's running there for you. We have to put the work in. We have to put ourselves in a position where we're willing to do something. Take those steps to open up the gifts that God has given to us. Yahweh desires for us to have these things and put us in a position for it. Yes, this is a parable on understanding the position we will and are in daily. Holding the weight of God's daily gifts and the gifts we always, we've always known we've had them, but we've never understood them. 
we're too busy trying to figure out why God gave us these gifts instead of understanding or the accepting that it's a gift. It's a gift. I never liked it when I was a kid getting socks. I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody enjoys getting socks for a birthday. or It's not a gift. It don't seem like it's a gift. They're socks. Yet, I always remember breaking down these particular thick socks every time it was cold. I grew up in the city of Chicago, and I don't think that there's ever a moment where my toes were not cold from October to March probably some years to April you know there's not enough socks you can put on to make sure that they they stay warm but I still broke them out I didn't like the gift that was given to me but I enjoyed the gift because it was given to me and I kept them and I always went back to them and then I never wanted to part with them. That was so weird to me. I never wanted to give up the socks when it was time for me to give up the socks. That, that's how it works. Once we've stepped into the moment of understanding that we have this gift and this gift was given to us and the gift works. Guess what? Hey guy, hey, that actually works. Thanks. And I'm, I know many times I always feel like God is sitting around, around looking at me, laughing about it. He's like, I know it works. I gave it to you. I just needed you to know it works. But it's going to work according to my will, and not your will. My little brother, when we were much... Um, much younger our church used to have these massive church picnics i mean it was massive they would have like the the adult baseball team or softball team and they would always have like these little cheerleaders you know you'd be the church cheerleader and i always got stuck in that because i wanted to do sports but that's that wasn't what they i was allowed to do you can be a cheerleader but you can really get dirty and do anything else well, one day when my mom was um, practicing softball, they were on one side of this park, and my brother, my now my aunt, um, my young my younger aunt, um, and I were both playing in, on the the opposite side of the park, and that's when we had these large slides, you know, the really big slides that used to one burn us in the summertime. Um, but it just went straight down. It was a tall slide right before they got to the point where they realized that probably those slides probably was hurting some kids. Um, but nevertheless, we were on these slides and I was coming up one way and my brother and my little brother was coming up the correct way. Okay. He was coming up. One, he was coming up the correct way up the steps and I was coming up another way that really wasn't correct at all in hindsight and I'm gonna tell you why because as I went up um it was really simple it had the little the little turn the it's almost like when you went down the slide there was this little tunnel that you started off with it was really small but you started off in the tunnel and I got to the tunnel he didn't see me and I just you know basically I scared him he falls back and falls on glass somebody had broken glass and there was it was in the sand at the bottom of the slide and it was bad I mean it was terrible 
the the glass had been embedded into his head the way he fell and my mother was on the other side of the park on the other side of the park and all I can do is remember is that she told me to take care of my brother we was playing on one side of the park she just said hey take care of your brother and here I am I've scared him I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest from him. I'm the oldest of my my youngest, my younger aunt, and I've done this. I've literally done this, and this glass is right there, sticking out of his head. There's blood everywhere. I pick up my little brother, and I mean, we were kids. I mean, when I say was, I couldn't have been no more than maybe ten years old, and I pick him up, and I'm walking him to the other side of the park that look, I mean, it probably wasn't as far as I thought it was as a kid, but to me, it seemed like it was miles away, but I'm carrying him across, hoping that someone sees him, um, to grab him because he was heavy, but I, I was not, I couldn't in my mind, dropping him wasn't an option because then the glass can go further into his head. No one saw me. I'm I'm literally walking toward every adult. Is they just practicing softball? No one's paying attention till I get to the mound. I mean, I have walked past people and I'm at the mound before anybody realizes that I'm holding this boy, this 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 little boy, and he's bleeding on my shirt everywhere. From that day on, I knew that one of my gifts was to protect my brother. I understood as his older sister, that was irresponsible for me. I did not multiply his life or grow his life in doing, in the actions that I took that day. Yeah, I was just a kid, but I also knew better. I knew what I was doing. It was an intentional thing to try to scare him. But what I did was, is that I ended up scaring myself. I end up hurting my brother, and I end up most likely hurting my aunt who saw it, and it was it was a terrible lesson to learn, and yet I did learn it, but it was it was terrible. My brother never got all of the glass out of his head um, from that, and I you know we've joked about it, but I was that reason. It will always be there. So always be there as a reminder of I should have been more responsible with the responsibilities that I had. Yes, I was 10. But again, I was well aware of what I was not supposed to do. And I never intended to hurt my brother at all. But sometimes when we are so vested in what we want to do, we do hurt others. We, we, we become irresponsible with what we're supposed to be doing with the talents and the gifts that we have. I could have entertained them differently than what I did, but instead I decided to spark fear into them playing around and into my brother. And by me trying to push fear, I buried what was most important and I got scolded for it. Because I knew better. I should have done better. I And even if my mom didn't scold me for what happened to my brother, what I mean is it hurt my heart. 
my heart was affected by it. And to this day, I do think about that because it, it was something that shouldn't have never happened at all. The reason why I talk about the multiplying is because sometimes in our gifts, we do spark fear. We put fear in other people. And I have to ask myself, at the highest point of your life, were you multiplying what was given to you? Are we taking what God has given us when we are doing great, when we are thriving? Are we multiplying or are we trying to keep it and bury it for ourselves? I could have hid and I could have made up something about my brother, but who benefits from that? Are we multiplying? When you risk it all, are you looking for an increase? Are you accepting of an increase? You know, you talk about the, the, these, these, these three men, um, and as we go further down in this story, um, and we will, it's so unique because what God gives us is always a multiply. A gift is meant to increase. It's meant to increase. Whether I get a birthday gift, it's meant to increase my joy, my love. And that person, it increases them for their love, their, the, the love that they have for me. Because to see the joy, and I see it when I give people things, to see the joy in their face, that's enough. That increases my heart. It increases my mind. It doesn't make me feel like, oh, yeah, I did that. It makes me feel like, thank God, I was able to do that. When people think, when people understand or they see that you know them and you can see them, gifts are easy because it doesn't take something physical. It can be something just emotional. Sometimes the best gifts we can give is a hello. How you doing? Nice to see you. Do you want to take some time? Taking what was given as a gift to increase will do more at no cost to you to increase the lives of others. I have to ask myself, were you maintaining the materials that was given to you? Am I maintaining it? Did I only, oh, well, God, I used your gift once. I used it, God. I used every bit of the gift that you've given me, and I'm done. How is that multiplying it? How are you maintaining that gift? Is it just one time? Did you go out again? So you give to the homeless once, but did you go back and continue to serve the community? Did you continue to give back? Did you continue to read? No one reads to a child one time and expects them to read. You read on a consistent basis so that that child can get a love of reading so that they can learn how to read. You have to be willing to do more at no cost to increase. You still get the reward, but you didn't have to give up anything for it. Your reward is given to you every time you give your gift. Every time we put forth a gift. I like to think that I'm donating the energy that was given to me more. I'm not meeting you. Everybody likes to say they're saying, uh, I want that same energy when my time comes, I want that same energy. I don't. I want more energy. I want to be able to give more energy. I want that. When someone's coming to me and they're giving me energy, I want to give them back more 
of what they're giving me. And it's not a one-up. It's just, how do we feed each other's lives? How do we feed into someone's life outside of ourselves? Something has to happen. We have to be able to adjust our gift. I run, I, I, I work out, but at some point, I have to be able to increase the workout. Because my muscles are going to get used to doing the same thing over and over again. Only then when I am able to continue to, okay, I've done this for a while. Let me, let me move up. If I can bike for 30 minutes, then I can cycle for another 30 minutes. I can cycle for an hour. After an hour, hey, I could probably cycle and then go out there and run at least two miles. We have to be able to work these gifts in a way that it doesn't become a chore. It doesn't become something that is daily done, but not daily recognized. I don't want to be able to have something working in my life or God given something in my life, but I'm on auto mode. I want to be well aware of moving parts at all times. I want to maintain those parts, be aware of it, be able to control the thoughts and be intentional when I am giving and when I am growing, because when I give, I grow. The one thing I can think of when it comes to um, the second man is the energy. But then also thinking how much more could you have given? How much more? I feel like the first one have always been the one that had the most. And but a small gift of one can do so much too, can do so much. Um, something happens to adjust what we did with the gift that was given. What, what made us change our mind and how we gave our gifts? When did we become so used to giving to one person that we forgot that there's many others that need the same thing? They need that love, that attention, that investment. How do you control your thoughts with that where you don't bury your gifts thinking that, hey, God, hey, I, I know I'm going to heaven. I, I want to be with you. And yes, I've never used my gift and I understand, but I did read my Bible. I did pray. I did sing. I did, I did talk every now and then to like my little group of people. In my mind, I keep thinking that God is going to be like, okay, that was cool and all, but um, did you ever leave your group of people? Did you ever talk to somebody you never, you didn't know? While you was given, um, did you ever give to somebody you didn't know? Did you, were you intentional when you went out? Did you go looking? Did you find? Did you go look some more? Did you improve your actions physically, emotionally, and mentally? 
Or did it just stay the same? Yes, you prayed the Lord's Prayer. But did you pray for anyone else? Did you pray for anything outside of the Lord's Prayer? And I'm not condemning no one. I'm not. All I'm saying is that when we are given gifts to invest, there's risk. And our biggest risk really is not doing the most with the gifts that we've been given. We'll be risking it all when we bury it. I do believe that God would rather for us to give and give and give as much as we can than to come back and just say, hey, I never gave it, but I do still have it. It's it's like nothing was ever done. I don't want my gifts to be on anybody's mantle collecting dust. Yes, it's pretty. It can be cleaned up. Yes, it's gorgeous. But it was never moved from that spot. Yes, it looks expensive. But that doesn't mean anything. Because you was never allowed anybody to touch it. You never allowed anybody to go near it. You never even showed anybody what it was. It was in a room on a mantle collecting dust that you wouldn't allow anybody to come in to see. I don't want that. And I don't want it for you. I am Minister Jan. I am speaking as I think is authentic as I can with the help from Yahweh. I'm only here speaking about lessons that I've learned from. And I've just learned to say lessons we mistake. They're clearly something we should learn from. It's not a mistake. We just mistake situations and the blessings we learn to embrace. Thank you for listening. As I speak, I conversate with God too. Let's be humble as we live life as we own it.